If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Lock yeah, South Shaolin, the classified elements, we here now, for all you fruit loop, color candy, white, peanut butter and jelly, cool ass niggas, you best to duck and rough for cover, yeah, 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 yo, into the temple gates, cross the fire. All right, so, yeah, okay, there we go, all right, so, um, we're going to get on up into it, because we a little bit behind time, but we're going to get it, we're going to get it, just bear with y'all. And they want to see the screen. All right. There you go, brother. Thank you, brother L. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's get all right. Well, let's get it popping. And we know that so-called white supremacy, even though we we seen a video yesterday talking about white supremacy doesn't exist. The only reason why it doesn't exist is because the people that we refer to as so-called white are not white. At least not by so-called definition, because we know that's a fictitious term. Like, we know that it's fictitious, all right? Um, in fact, let me make sure that I got this is recorded. And, all right, there we go. And so we know that black, white, or fictitious de facto terms. However, white is used in the Black Law Dictionary. Um, free white person does not include Caucasians. And does include Caucasian. So since that is the case, then white supremacy starts, as it says here, Native American history with a late 19th century photo of a Mongolian or Mongoloid, all right, plain Indian, all right, who is clearly Asian, not American and falsely say that this is who was genocide and killed by disease. However, you actually have the Choctaw or Chakma, all right? A Choctaw, all right? As you see here in the upper right-hand corner, Ida Lawson Daniels, right? Lived from 1876 to 1960, all right? You also have the depopulation of the Indians from the Chippewa tribes. But they never show the earlier 16th, 17th, and 18th century documentary or documentation of maps, paintings, and explorers' historical accounts because it shows 
so-called black Americans, Moors, Saga Moors, who had their identity changed, and this entire landmass is owed to the indigenous people they still prosecute today, i.e., you and I. And they know this. So we go and look at an inquiry into the distinctive characteristics of the aboriginal race of America. All right, this is by Samuel George Morton, M.D. This is the Albion here to the right from the Boston Society of Natural History, April the 27th, 1842. All right, so he's in, he, he's in Boston, you know, and I'm pretty sure that he's dealing with those of Harvard. All right, and so it is, this is what he says, it is my chiefly intention to produce a few of the most strikingly characteristic tra- traits of these people to sustain the position that all the American nations, except for the Eskimo, are of one race, and that this race is peculiar and distinct from all others. All possess alike the long, lank black hair, the brown or cinnamon-colored skin, hence copper-colored, the heavy brow and the dull or sleepy eye, the full and compressed lips, and the silent but dilated nose. These traits moreover, are equally common to the savage and the civilized nations, whether whether they inhabit the margin of rivers and feed on fish or rove the forests and subsist on spoils of chase. It cannot be questioned that physical diversity do occur, equally singular and ex- basically Expectable or explicable as seen in the different shades of color, varying from a fair tint to a complexion almost black. Now, if that don't fit all of us and our families right now, I don't know what does. And this, too, under circumstances in which climate has very little or no influence. So for those that are fair skin, or hence, as we call them, high yellow, all right? Um, and then also for those that are near black, it says a complexion almost black. Now, he's talking about the aboriginal races of America, or the aboriginal race, as he called it, because he said all of the so-called people here was of one race. And he said that they from high yellow, fair tint, to complexion almost black. All right? Now, this is what he says. And this, too, under circumstances in which climate has little or no influence. So also in reference to statue, the differences are remarkable in entire tribes, which, moreover, are geographically proximate to each other. These facts, however, are more exceptions to a general rule and do not alter the the peculiar the nominee of the Indian. Now he calling us Indians now for those who is almost black. He referred to them Indians. A complexion almost black. He refers to them as Indians, which is a undeviatingly characteristics as that of the Negro. Hold up. So he went from complexion almost black to Negro. Hold up. From complexion almost black to Indian to Negro. 
in the same damn paragraph. <laughs> For whether we see him in the athletic Karab, as in the Caribbean, or the stunt Chama, in the dark Californians, or the fear Boreal, right? Puerto Rico, right? Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, oh! Here is an Indian, he said, he is an Indian still, per se, by the term Indian, but if they're using it and they're applying it and they're saying it to us, then we utilize it because this is the language in which that was used when? During the 1800s. The early to mid-1800s, they used this language in reference to us, to those that a complexion almost black. So we're not black, we're almost black. <laughs> but he does say that we have brown and cinnamon colored skin, hence copper color. And that the Indians who are almost black were also the Negroes. And he said, and cannot be mistaken for a being of any other race. Now you go and watch this movie. This is a movie. I'm here with Kevin Hart. All right? And um, in this movie, they're having a conversation. I can't remember the name of the movie right now, but y'all remember it. Um, for those that can help remember the joint. But this guy here, this Albion here, makes a very startling comparison. He says, is the only indigenous art form, I say, listen to a little Jay-Z, my friend. So he's saying rap music, hip-hop, is, the only, is one of the only indigenous art forms. And he's saying that, um, he say, listen to a little Jay-Z, my friend. And then Kevin Hart says, I'm sorry, what? And to those who say jazz, so of course, hip-hop, rap, R&B, rock and roll, jazz, gospel, bebop, whatever you want to refer to it as, blues, all of these are indigenous art forms, indigenous music. But the fact that they said indigenous, Showing you, why did he say these are African-American art forms, as they try to say on one hand? No. Here is a Jewish entertainer, Pharrell, uh, um, Pharrell um, I believe that's his name. I can't remember um, his, whole thing, his whole name right now, but anyway. Um, but he's saying that's an indigenous American art form. And he's saying Jay-Z is indigenous art form of indigenous American. That's amazing. Here we have on Family Guy, what's happening now? Raj, we run and hey, hey, hey. All right. And he's showing them with Little afros with feathers in their hair slash teepees, showing you that the so-called Indians are the Negroes. 
i.e., you and I, or family God. So this is what Martin Luther the King says. He says the Negro is the child of two cultures, Africa and America. The problem is, is that the search for wholeness, all too many Negroes seek to embrace only one side of their natures. In other words, you have Negroes who only want to see Africa. And now you have Negroes who only want to see America. All right? And they both are flawed in their analysis. All right? So, yes, we are African-American in the sense that we all come from Africa. At least that's what Louis Leakey and Richard B. Leakey leaked out in the 1950s that we come from Africa. All of us come from Africa. But like we said, always that you don't see in here Europeans saying that they're African-European or they're African-whites. You don't see Asians saying that they're African-Asians. I'm African-Chinese. But you see us now since Jesse Jackson, since 1988, 1990, we now saying that we're African-American. Now, that is moving towards a better direction as compared to Negro, Black, and colored. However, the problem is, is that Africa is a continent with 54 countries or nations. And then America actually is Americana, which is the adjoining islands or Caribbean, Caribbean, All right, Atlantis, along with North America, Central America, and South America. That's a lot of America. So we have to become more specific. But a hidden heritage, Black Indians, this is by William Lauren Ketz, all right? So-called Black Indians. Read the book. Read also When Rocks Cry Out by Horace Butler. All right, find the blacks who were in America when Columbus came here. She whispered as she leaned towards me for confidentiality. But you do understand that the people do not like to talk about that, don't you? The secret histories unfold during my research or during my search for an early group of people in North America known as the Kali, a public television PBS documentary. The history of the American West mentioned that the early Spanish explorers found the people called Kali living in the western reaches of North America continent. The documentary made no other mention of the Kali after revealing these early Americans to be black. All right Now, if they follow Kali, then it means that it had to be the Indo-Kushites. The Kushites from out of India, the Tamil people who actually ran from prostitution probably from when Albion's came from out of the Caucasus Mountains or when they began to form their caste system. All right? Us. Any questions? Okay. Hopefully not. Omeg Ball Player. Any questions? I don't know. Might still be some. Anyway, um, Amanda Smith. This is a quote from her. There was a place in the United States for the Negro. 
they are real American citizens and at home. They have fought, bled, and died like men to make this country what it is. And if they have got to suffer and die to be lynched, tortured, and burned at the stake, I say they are at home. This is what Amanda Smith says, and she's right. So we find that no wonder there are no slave ships. Of course, we have replica slave ships, you know, um, at least two, all right? Um, Indian captives were shackled, marched to the Carolinas, and sold as slaves. We are reminded daily of the 5% of the transatlantic slave trade, all right? 5% of the transatlantic slave trade African, all right? Some give it 5%, some say 8% to 15%. The Empress said at least 15% might have came from Africa 400 years ago. So we know that between 15 to 5% of the transatlantic slave trade, the Africans did come here and they mixed in, but that would not become the majority. That would not make us African-American. That would make us American-African. Overstand? So the transatlantic slave trade, the Africans and stunned and criticized if we identify ourselves with the 85% of the pre-Columbian indigenous American Negro Indian population whom the Europeans enslaved so that they could steal the land and, and identify um, an identity of our true ancestors, right? So they can steal the land. I can understand now why we are encouraged to identify ourselves as Africans, primarily. You need a nation to receive reparations, repair nations. As Africans in America, we lost our birthright and indigenous heritage. This is intuitional or intuitional, um, intuitional, intuitional racism. All right? And, and, and we can look here. It says um, the Indians of Mississippi. Now, we know the Biloxi Indians are those who right now in Washington proper in Mississippi, in Louisiana, all right, in Alabama, but in particular in the Mississippi, near the Mississippi. And it says right here that Indian captives who were shackled and marched to Carolina and sold as slaves on the plantation. So we know that some of this trade happened in-house, all right? The trade in which that we're talking about is from the Caribbean, South America, into North America, and vice versa. All right, that was the main trade. All right, and this is one of the reasons why we won't see reparations. The first slaves held in the United States were not black per se. All right, black in the sense of what the real word black means, which is pale. They were. There was Europeans, mostly British or Irish, who died like flies on slave ships across. On one voyage, 1,100 perished out of 1,500. Um, at another time, 50 out of 400. In Virginia, white servitude right, were for a limited period, but was sometimes extended for life. Right? In the West Indies, particularly in the case of the Irish, it was for life. White people were sold 
in the United States up to, up to the year 1826, 50 years after signing the Declaration of Independence. Andrew Johnson, the president of the United States, who ran uh, away and was advertised. Right? So check this out. Now, Andrew Johnson, all right, the president of the United States, was a runaway and was advertised for in the newspaper. All right? In other words, he was one of these Irish slaves. All right? So you see that the whole thing has been mixed up. Bartholomew de la Casa, Destruction of the Indies. Get that book. All right? Destruction of the Indies is the story of the Spanish Dominican priest, Bartholomew de la Casa, who came to the Americas in the 16th century. Immediately, he was struck by an inhumane way in which that the native people was treated by the European explorers and conquerors. Lacasa went on to be a leading opponent of slavery, torture, and genocide of Native Americans by the Spanish colonialists. Bartholomew de la Costa, Destruction of the Indies, is his personal account with chapters covering Cuba, Nicaragua, Hispaniola, um, Guatemala, Venezuela, Florida, and many other areas conquered by the Spaniards. Bartholomew de la Casa, 1484 to 1566, was a 16th century um, Spanish-Dominican priest, writer, and the first um, resident bishop of Chiripa. All right? D. Brown. Thank you, Brother D. Thank you, Brother D. Much appreciation for that. And as a settler in the New World, he witnessed and was driven to oppose the torture and the genocide of the Native Americans colonialists and pushed the rights of the Native Americans appealing to the Imperial Court of Charles V. His stance for check this out now. His stance for African slaves' rights was later than for one right, check this out. His stance for African slaves' rights was later than the one for native slavery. So there was a difference. There was native slavery, and there was African slavery, and there was Albion slavery. No one was out of slavery. Slavery existed for all of us. They was trying to make money. They don't look upon sex slaves as, oh, yes, let's get us some Albion sex slaves. No, let's get us some Mexican sex slaves. No, let's get us some African sex slaves. To them, sex is sex. If they have sex with animals, then they don't care about the color. All right? It's a hole to them. And they don't care which hole it goes in, as long as they're being sexually ungratified. All right? And it's the same way that they were about slaves. As long as you can work, get your hands dirty, do what they didn't have to do, it didn't matter the color or the complexion. All right? Moorish American. What kind of American do we live in in South America? The Spanish, the Portuguese, who chiefly the descendants of the European race who had intermarried with the Indians. Other nations have made lesser contributions. Brazil, which is only two days by stream from West Africa, is one-third Negro. The crudest types of Negroes of the American hemisphere. There is a small mark of the Moor upon the Spaniards. All right? The Arabic Moors warp his customs very deeply into the lives of Spain. The people of Mexico and Cuba might be called Moorish Americans 
rather than Latin Americans. <laughs> the custom manners and heart experiences in these people of Latin America are more Moorish than Christian, more Muslim, more Arabic than Spanish. This is Homer. This is Homer C. Skins in World Outlook. All right, for February, um, um, Tuesday, January the twenty fifth. Uh, actually, from February, but also January 25th, 1916, page six in Nebraska, right? So this is just three years after Prophet Noble Drali formed Temple, and they were saying that Moorish Americans, that the so-called Latin Americans are more so Moorish Americans. The Arabic Moors, Walked their customs were deeply woven into the life of Spain. The Moors upon the Spaniards was a strong mark, as we already know, as it was in Spain, Europe for how many years? 800 years? 7, 11 to 1492? All right? So... Moorish American. This this is just what they're saying. Now, now we know that allegedly the Moors was way over in Spain, but remember, we just been saying that this that the Moorish mark was left upon Spain. And then the Spain or Spaniards came here to the Americas and intermarried with the indigenous and with the indigenous Aborigines, Moors slash so-called Indians here. Hence, they should be called Moorish American. Because not only was there Moors there in the West, in the East, excuse me, there was Moors here in the West. All right? Same family. These are sisters from out of Mexico, out of the area near Guerrero. All right? Near Guerrero. Right, this is a painting of Mexico, 1915, right? Well, I should say this is the time when um, Raul Algorano, um, he lived from 1915 to 2006. And this is called Indigenous Mexicans. And look at the Indigenous Mexicans. They got locks, braids, as you see here, and very dark skin. And this painting was done in 1933. But they have Afros in Mexico, as you see here. All right. Professor Constantine Rafinkni, he wrote a book called The Primitive Black Nations of America, 1832. So this here is 10 years earlier than the quote that we just made earlier from Samuel George Morton, MD, which was April the 27th, 1842, when he spoke on the distinct characteristics of the Aboriginal races of America. So he wasn't the only one talking about the Aboriginal races of America and being so-called black. But so was Professor Constantine Raffinique. 
And he called it the Primitive Black Nations of America, 1832. The description of indigenous Negroes known to Rafini. He says, too many, this fact of old black nation in, in America will be new, as it is to most people who listen to this podcast, radio show. It's new. This is new information. Yet it is an important big feature of American history. I'll, I will here merely enumerate the black tribes of which I found evidence traces and remains in North and South America, the Auroras or the Cororas of Kamana were black, but with fine features and long hair, like the Jolof and the Gala of Africa. The Escarol, Latitude 32, or like the Hottentot. In other words, they got them big booties. And the uh, Numaquit and the uh, Tabukis and many other Negritian tribes, not black, but dark brown, yet complete Negroes with large, thick lips, broad, flat nose, and very ugly. That's what he called it. We don't expect for his pale ass to be attracted to us. Right? That was too much ass for him to handle anyway. Because he said they looked like the Hottentots. The sisters was like the Hottentots. That was too much ass for him. <laughs> yeah, complete Negroes with large, thick lips, broad, flat noses, and very ugly with hair crisp or curly. Curly like this? These sisters from Mexico, from the Guerrero area of Mexico, which has a very high population of so-called indigenous aborigines. He said, had hair crisp and curly. All these tribes live in New California now. Let me know that New California or California, which is now, which at that time was called New California, the Mexicans lived all up in there. The Mexicans lived all the way in California, all the way in Arizona, all the way in Nevada, New Mexico, so forth and so on. So they was already in this territory. And so the whole thing about the Alamo or the Alamores was to keep them from coming in and keep them out as Moorish Americans. This is why Prophet Nubadrali said our Mexican brothers and sisters were Moors. It was Moorish American. And so you would see cards in Spanish back in the 1920s in which that was held by our Mexican brothers and sisters who are part of the Omec. The Omec, as a matter of fact, the word Mexican is from Omec. Mec. Mec. Become Mexican. It becomes the word mix. Because the Omex, who was so called black, mixed in with the Spaniards, who already was marked with Moorish blood to begin with. And 
those who, of the Asian Orientals who was coming into the Americas, that mix created what we now refer to as the Mexicans, right? But they still Moorish American. Because remember, North America, Central America, South America, and the adjoining islands, Americana is America. The American Negroes of Paraniqua in Coco, the great level plain, 900 miles long, 90 wide, miles wide, separated the Andes and the South American from the mountains of Panama, were black. And the woolly heads in 1506, they were mentioned by Anglaria and all the early accurate writers. Here it is, the Yamasi or Jamasi were remarkably black people. So we know that from the notice of the Florida and the campaigns. So from Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, into the campaigns. The, the Yamasi, Yamasi existed. These were black people on the eastern seaboard. The ancient Kokoro, the Koro um, of Haiti, Haiti, represented a nation of beasts. This is what he referred to them as, as beasts by the historical songs. Whose historical songs? The Albion's historical songs. So, he's saying that the indigenous people of Haiti were black. Which we know that they are predominantly so-called black now. Moors, Maroon, Arawak. That's the heritage of Arawak. The ancient, all right, people of Haiti. Arawak. And these Arawak people go down into Puerto Rico. Become the Arawak Tayano with the Spaniard invasion there. To become the Tayano, which become the Puerto Ricans. Misnomer. Puerto Rico is a misnomer. Port Riches. You can't be named a people after a port. All right? Where boats pull up to the dock and drop their anchor, mowing, mowing their ship. You can't be called that. Now, you can be called Moors because you mowed your ship. Your soul is fast by your cord, your etheric cord to your body. You've moored your ship, your vessel, your physical body. Right? This is what this is all symbolic to. But the California of the Carib Islands, called Black Caribs or the Guiani by others, it was white. So-called Black Caribs. And they was what's called the Kalafanami. 
the Kalafanam. You have the Okoro of Hutara, mentioned by Garcia in the West Indies. He said they are quite black. The Auroras of Raleigh or Auroras of the Spaniards, ugly black or brown Negroes, yet existing near the Onronoco in language known called monkey by their neighbors. See, he, he got to put the word ugly in there, got to use the word monkey. Now, proving fact that so-called black people are the only pure, 100% pure humans on the planet. African people are 100% pure human on the planet. Everyone else are hybrids. So, see, he's taking jugs and, and punches and saying words like ugly and all these types of things when we are the indigenous aboriginal people with the bloodline the closest to the Anunnaki. Those who came from above to earth. The Syrians. Right? Pure 100% human slash extraterrestrial. All right? That's really what that means. All right? You have the Kayamas of Vienna. Brown Negroes like Hottentots. You have the Menjapas of Parsiges of the Nayahoth and the Matayas of Kenev of Kedvets or all of Brazil black right he, he's saying that, that they but he said they hear brown Negroes with curly hair so all of these people was in Brazil obviously before the slave trade Right? This is before the slave trade. He's saying that these people was already in these areas. These indigenous people was already in these areas. These so-called black, brown people was already in these areas. Otherwise, he would have called them Africans. But remember, his book is Description of Indigenous Negroes, the Primitive Black Nations of America. So he's not talking about the Africans. He's talking about the indigenous population who was black, brown, and red, Negroes who was already in these areas, in Brazil, in California, in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, in the Panama. Are y'all getting this? He goes on to say, he refers to them as yet existent in Cocoa under the name of the Guanas or Guiana, or Chinko, black or red Negroes. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying, huh? All right. Straight Panther. All right, the straight panther, no, you're not going to stray. You are the black panther. All right, appreciate you. Thank you, thank you for that. All right, so we got here the Mandabis of Papayan in Colombia, blackish with Negro features in hair. The Guabas 
and the Jaras of Agu Galapa, all right, near the Honduras. Now, we know that Dr. Sebi came from Honduras. That means the people in that area had to look like him. The inlets of the Esteros of New California, ugly blackish Negroes, right? I ain't even letting the word ugly even offend um, us any longer. The black Indians met by the Spaniards in Louisiana. Whoa, we already know who that was. That was the Choctaw Washington in 1543. And you had the moon eye Negroes and albinos destroyed by the Cherokee as seen in Panama. Right? And it wasn't all destroyed by the Cherokee. But this is what they write in their history. It's a book, The Ancient Cities of the New World by Desiree um, Charnay. Right? Of the Indians. Right, quick. It says it doesn't, it doesn't appear what should be of another continent animals of the same species of color in the same latitude in which in Asia they all found black or making them without beards in the very same latitude in which others possessed them. So, right here, All right. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, thank you, Up and down. Hold on, let me get back on that statement. Queen said that I'm out somehow here, so. All right, I'm back on. All right, so the movie with Kevin Hart and um and what's what's the um white dude name? The pale dude name? Albion's name? Will Ferrell. That's it. I knew it was Ferrell something. It was Ferrell something. All right, yeah. So. Will Ferrell, um, as you see, he's saying that the music was indigenous. All right. All right, Johnny Boy, thank you, thank you, thank you. Much appreciation, much appreciation. All right, so right here is saying that the same species. In the same latitude in which Africa is located and Asia is located, we find in America. In the same latitude. And guess what? They found that they was what? So-called black. So that means on all three continents, they couldn't escape our asses. They thought they would find someone else, find someone who looks like them. And every time they went somewhere looking, they found nothing but our asses. On every continent they went to, Africa, 
Asia, America. All right? Honorable Elijah Muhammad even went further said, shit, if you went to, to Mars, you'll find us there. <laughs> you'll find us on the moon. <laughs> you'll, find us, you'll find us on Jupiter. It don't matter where you go, you're going to find our asses. <laughs> right? So we'll populate the planets. All right? And it's always melanated people. It wasn't until 6,000 years ago that the so-called mad scientists came up with the idea of saying, yeah, let's take out, let's extract the lower self and put that in human form and let's see how much torment they can do in order to make the so-called copper slash carbonated melanated beings have to excel to a higher level for they can reach their higher self and no longer want to act in their lower self. This became a test and became our test for this mad scientist called or Jacob or Yaku, the supplanter, whatever t- name that you want to call. But this is what this is all talking about. So here, it says right here, it says, his hair is black, indicating a slight tendency to curl. His cheekbones are remarkably high and prominent, even for those of the Indian. They are not, however, angular, but present very distinctly the round appearance which distinguishes the Aboriginal American from the Asiatic. His mouth is large and upper lip predominant, prominent. This is something unpleasant in his look, onto his opening of one eye wider than the other, and to the scar which has um, left upon the wing of his nostril. All right, so this is what they are describing. All right, and he was a full-blooded Patawa um, Temi, um, right, or Powhatan. And it says his complexion is dark. His complexion is dark. All right, so you know that they keep talking about copper color. And, of course, we see that originally that only term in which that America defines were a Native America originally applied to the aboriginals or copper-colored races found here by the Europeans, but now applied to the descendants of the Europeans born in America. So they have taken that, the aboriginal people of the Americas, all right, and have taken um, our name, which is Maroka or Alamura or Amorican, or as you see here, our uh, Mordekins, our Morak, Mordekin, uh, Moor, Mal, Moor. All right. Remember that America was never called India, so it was never named after America Vespucci either, because America Vespucci's name really was Alberto. Yeah, right. His name is Alberto Vespucius. And that America truly is the land of the West because it was named after Amaru, Amaru, right? Who was an Inca, right? Amaru, who was Inca, right? Turtle Island, this is the reason why they say and call North America Turtle Islands because it actually is in the shape, the whole North America is in the shape of a turtle, all right? This is why it was called the Great Turtle Island. 
right? These are maps of tribal nation maps on um, our own names and locations for these areas, all right? And as you see, Cherokee is one of the largest tribes to exist still to this day. And in these areas, all right? In the book, 500 Nations by Alvin um, Josephy Jr. An Illustration History of North American Indians. In the book of the Indians of North America, their manners, customs, and present state. Edited by John Force. In the books, Dictionary of Indian Tribes of the Americas, second edition, volume one, by um, Aboko Kuna, in the book, The North American Indian by Edward S. Curtis. Now, that joint is, is real tight. He really gets in because he shows you the pictures um, of, the, of the native indigenous aboriginal people, the Moors. And this is 20 volumes, 20, all right? Right here, we have Verrazano as in the Verrazano Bridge which we know that the Arizona Bridge is located in New York. And this is something that he said is very interesting here that Arizona wrote down in his diary. He says, the people whom they saw on their first landing and who were stated to have been, for the most part, naked, as described as being black in color and not very different from Ethiopians and of medium stature, well-formed of body and acute of mind. The latter observation would imply that the voyagers had mixed with the natives very considerably in order to have to been to speak so positively in regard to their mental faculties, because oftentimes when they refer to the natives, they refer to them as dumb, naive, savages, barbarians, and even though the word barbarian is a is a cold word for Moors because it, it's taken from the word Berber or Barbar, which is a Kushite word, which means um, the people, all right? But here it says, the complexion for, um, for what of opportunity to discover, it says the precise place which had been first landed and saw these black people is not mentioned further than that the country which they lived was situated about 34 degrees of latitude. From this place, they proceeded for, uh, further along the coast northern, northward, wardly. And again, coming to anchor, attempt to go ashore in a boat without success, when one of them and young sailor attempted to swim to the land, but was thrown by the violence of the waves, insensible on the beach. Upon recovering to find himself surrounded by natives who were black like the others. So this is what I'm talking about. That every way they went, they kept finding us. <clears throat> there, there is no mistake in the design of the writer to represent the people who are really black like Negroes. So we was black like Negroes, but we weren't Negroes. But yet we became called Negroes, Negroes, blacks, and colors. And we became black, as they called us. Even though that was just complexion, because like Dr. John Henry Clark said, blacks may tell you how you look, but it doesn't tell you who you are. So, like Negroes is 
made evident by the account of the complexion of those he found in the harbor of the Great Bay in latitude 40, 40, 4140, who of which he described as essentially different and the fine-looking tribes they have seen being of the very white complexion, some inclined more to white and others to a yellow color. Okay, right? So there was some who was albino, all right? This is the white complexion that they talk about, a very white complexion. Those who was albino, then you had those who was high yellow, all right? Yellow color, as they call it. But all of them, back to red, brown, and black people, were like the Negroes. In other words, it was like the Africans. So hence, if you bought 5 to 15% of the African blood here 400 years ago as Europeans, why not mix them all together, steal the land, and say they all come from Africa? Why not? Makes sense to me. So if I'm a psychopath, sociopath, why not? Use it for justification. Hell, they would never know. Right? Verrazano goes on to say here, he says right here, um, landfall that in near the boundaries between North Carolina and Virginia, where they discovered an old woman, all right? And then you come on up and it says, being of a complexion or color much like dark olive. You come down, thus the authorities flatly contradict the statement of black Indians existing in North Carolina and a Difference of color between the people of the two sections claim to have been visited in their voyage. So, see, this is when the European have to try to justify and state that, no, it couldn't have been the niggers. No, it couldn't have been that they are indigenous. They couldn't have been in North Carolina. No, they couldn't have been in Virginia. These niggers couldn't be there, too. And we just left them allegedly in Africa. Anyway, notice with their names. Look at the Indians. Qua, qua, or qua. Don't that make fun of us for having names like Shaquanda? Bleo, qua, or Moniqua? Indigenous Americans. Nebat, Nia, qua. Wasi, Abbe, Nequa. Nib, Nab, Equa. See, these are names in which that, you know, we got to overstand, you know. Hey, this is the guy. Um, if y'all don't know who the guy is right here, y'all can look him up. All right, he said, um, she, her cancel, more of Arkansas. And you have here, um, with Greek Tari of Mexico, right? And it says the macro uh, matrilineal hypo or ha- um, haplo group L1 and L2 relatives. So we're talking about the Moors of Arkansas and the Mexicans are relatives because they are all from Omec heritage. Omec heritage, right? That's what we do know. Omec heritage. 
All right. So right here it says all Indians have black hair. It was never blonde, rarely absent from the head and seldom gray. It says, moreover, the texture of Indian hair was very coarse. Very coarse. This is 1890, 1893. But I thought Indian hair was straight hair, like the one that they showed us. I thought it was straight here. Remember, they, they they had us believe in this. You know, that, you know, that the Mongoloid claimed the Indians, you know, the straight haired ones. I thought they was the ones. You know, but here in their information, they are telling you straight up that they had cause here. Cause here. Like, here we go. Horse hair. All right? There we go. Horse hair. All right? This is horse hair. Here they go. All right, so what we have to realize is that we've been told some lies. We've been told some lies. Right, my homeboy um Quincy um Hots, right? He um they said we are not claiming to be descendants of of our Indian distant cousins from up north that many derogatorily call mongoloids. He said, I'm guilty for using this pseudo scientific term. We claim to be descendants of ourselves, the bushy core corn head species. When we post pictures of the plain Indian mongoloid, we are showing who, which ones shed our blood via mixed in. We are not saying we descended from them or their blood determines our heritage here. When folks don't care, carefully study what others are teaching, they miseducate themselves and others. And this is the truth, because this or um, the Rankinson. Indian powwow, and when you go to a powwow, you will see these dark natives, aborigines, moors, in the powwows. You can come here to North Carolina, and I can take you next April to the Halawa Sapani tribe powwow, and you will see us in the powwow. Sanjata in the book West African Epic of the Mandis Peoples. Mandis people. All right. As you see, the Mandis people wear feathers with a tassel. I know it's supposed to be Turkish, but look as dark as they are. They're not wearing Turkish fez, they're wearing African fez. <laughs> but anyway, let's keep going. 22 of the most colossus stone heads carved out of solid. Basalt rocks has identifiable black Africans in racial features as well as cultural traits like the cone roll hairstyle, braids, or beads, and kinky hair, as well as the type of war helmets identified as Nubian has been found carved in Colossus Omex sculptures, West African and the Egypt Sudan region, all right? Omek is a compound of the word O Mecca. Mecca Omek. 
or more. The story goes that the Olmec nation disappeared after being invaded by the Spanish, which happens to be around the same time that Columbus was fighting the Indians and captured eight-foot warriors from the coast of Africa. All right? Of course, we know that coast of Africa that they talk about was the East Coast, which was here in America, which is actually at one time were part of Africa, which was known as North West Africa. You can put the pieces of the puzzle back together again if you were smart enough to do that, just like the jigsaw puzzle. So here we have African Indian hair. Let's look at this. This is from a book, letters, and notes of North people of America by George Gatlin, 1841. What do he say? All primitive tribes known in America are dark, copper-colored, with jet black hair, while most possess curls in the extreme and every level of wavy hair in between, the texture of the hair is generally fine, soft, or silk, or coarse, or harsh. The hair of the men falls down to the ham, to their buttocks, and sometimes to the ground, and divided into pats, um, plats and, scabs, and slabs two inches wide and filled with profusion of glue and earth, which becomes very hard and remains unchanged for years to years. In other words, locks. Today, we call this form of hair is called locks. There it is. We keep finding it. All right? So we know that, based on what we read from Europeans, that no so-called North or Native American tribe looked per se the same, but they did have the similar features as he did go over. So you had wavy the straight hair crow from Montana, Montana. You had the Afro nappy extreme curl, Aztec, Mexico, and you had the swarthy curly hair, Pamunkey, Virginia. All right? Couple colored people. So you have the Sesquiwa, um, um Hanok, made cones, or not just cones, but picks. These are actually Afro picks, the same type of Afro picks that we made during the 60s and 70s, or the Afros. So right here, check this out. Right, you had the Cherokee, which is, no, now hold up, now why, why, oh wow. Why is the Iroquois, Chickakoi, who are the Cherokee? Which is also called the um, Hazenas um, Saouni, um, had the antler hair pick. Why? Why? Why did they have that? And they didn't have an afro. And look how tight. And look how space it is. Have the space in between. This is in Monroe County, New York, the Great Lake region. The oldest known wooden cone or pick discovered in 3,000 year old wet site on the Hoko River in Washington State. Uh-oh, Washington State. Had 13 intricately carved wood teeth twined together at one end. All right. Also found at the Hoko wet site at the western end of the Strait of Jawan de Fuca was a beautifully sculptured wooden mat creaser with two beak-to-beak belted kingfishers forming the handle. Susan print the stylish implement. It says the sculpture series one shows another 
water animal, a duck to the handle hole, cut through its wings. The beak to beak kingfishes of the ancient Croesus was of opposite genders, one with belt ruffles on his neck, female, and the other without male. Not only is the Hako website Matt Crease is one of the oldest wooden sculpture art pieces ever found being made and used at the time of King Tut. Tutankhamun ruled Upper Egypt, but it was also painted with the eyes and the head tuft of the kingfishers painted in black. Right? This is the Crows, 1995, page 174-76. Well, here it is. This is the oldest. This is it right here to the left bottom. As you see, they're digging it up, and this is in Washington State, Washington State. This is very familiar to the same Afro pick that we was rocking in the late 60s, early 70s, mid to late 70s. Afro, a thick hairstyle with very tight curls that stick out all around the head like the natural hair on some black people. All right, African, Afro-American, Aboriginal, copper-colored races found in, Amer- in Americans by Europeans who wear their hair in tight curls all around their head. That's the, that's the um, definition. It has nothing to do with West Africa or being African per se. But the indigenous people was already here before the 400-year-ago arrival of the 5 to 15% of our genetic line from Africa. Recent, that is. Because we have older lines that was here, indigenous. The Omics were here 5,000 years ago, over 5,000 years ago. The Artemis was here over 50,000 years ago. The Fossils was here over 75,000 years ago. The Washita was here over 100,000 years ago. The Twa people was here over 2 million years ago. And remember I told you, based on Forbidden Archaeology, The Hidden History of the Human Race by Michael Cremo and Richard L. Thompson, these two books states that there was humanoids here 600 million years ago in North America. So we've been here a long time from out of Africa. We had a lineage a long time from out of Africa before 400 years ago. And this is what we have to realize. I know it's hard for some of y'all to believe this shit. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I know how it is. But we got to break the chain. But here, you had hair comb picks and the left picks. Um, they was used by the um the Shinakahana, uh, Shina, um Hanak, um American Indians. These cones was found in New York, Pennsylvania, and Maryland by Europeans when they came to these American shores in the sixteen hundreds. Question now, who is really those Indians? Now analyze the pick on the left, right, and think about it. Go, go ahead. I'll wait. We'll wait. Because they said these are cones Europeans saw the Native Americans using. Well, we know that they had to have bushy hair as we just finished reading. About baby straight, afro, nappy, extremely curly, swarthy, curly. You know that Europeans don't wear 
straight hair. I mean, Europeans don't use um picks, Afro picks, <laughs> for their straight hair. Neither would the so-called Mongolian or Mongoloid use Afro picks. She would. He would. As you see, he got his. Yes, that's a she, but this is not a she. As you see, he has his pick in his hand. He has his Afro pick in his hand with his Afro. Looking like Jimi Hendrix, brother from the Indian Braves and the indigenous people. This is Jimi Hendrix's mother and father who was also um, Chippewa, from the Chippewa and Cherokee tribes. And here you have the sister right there in the back with that kinky hair in which that this was a painting that was painted now. Right? This is this is the population of the Indians from the Chippewa tribe to the president of Upper Canada, Sir Frederick P. H. Robinson, all right? K C B Major General, etc., in eighteen fifteen by Rudolf Stagger. All right? And look back. Look at the system with the afro in the back there. The Chippewa would have needed an afro pick. Right? The Karankawa had huge heads covered with coarse, bushy hair. Dances were wild and noisy. This is from Warren Betsy. All right? Illustrated, um, let's remember Indians of Texas, Dallas, Texas. So the indigenous people of Dallas, Texas, of Texas have bushy hair. Of course, bushy hair. All right? And remember now, I'm sorry, but there's only one group of people on the planet Earth that have coarse, bushy hair. Only one people on the planet that has bush. Bushy hair, sorry, only one people that has hair like lamb's wool. Only one people, all right? You can deny it all you want, but you can't bypass that fact. Indians across North America smeared bear grease or bear fat and other oils on their hair to make it shine and also to make it straight, just like we did when we wanted them waves. Negroes put the decks and the murray grease in their hair and got the waves put on that skull cap or that stocking cap or, or, or the um, do-rag and had them waves and made niggas seasick. I did it. You can't front. They was using bear grease. That's what made the shit shiny. That's what made it straight or appear to be somewhat straight. Uh, Dark-skinned, so-called Native Americans, the Indians. Right? Similar substances for smoothing and, and, and shining the hair was raccoon fat, deer marrow, and material found inside bones. Both men and women from the Delaware, Huron, and the Sark tribes of the Northeast Smooth bed grease onto their hair daily, just like we did when we was getting them waves, sporting them waves. We used that Dax and that Murray grease. Whoo! That shit was fun! 
Them ways made everybody go seasick. The plain Indians also shine their hands with bear grease and use other oils soaked with herbs to perfume their hair. The Crow Indians of the plains took special pride in their long hair. They used bear grease or buffalo grease dung to straighten curls they made with a heating stick. Uh-oh. Sound like Madam C.J. Walker wasn't the first one with the goddamn um, um, straight um, comb, the heating comb. So Crow Indians were already using heated sticks, and they also applied cactus pulp to make their hair shine. Here it is, that Dex, Woo-hoo, that Murray Grace, you son. That's all I can use. I couldn't use nothing else to make these waves like this. Can use it. Crow Indians up the plains took special pride in their long hair. Look at here it is. That that heated stick. There it is. You remember that? Sister, remember that? But look at it. Look, but look at the crow's hair. See how they see they dark skin like you and I, but the hair is straight. And this is where they get the concept from that Indians had this straight. No. They use buffalo grease and and bear grease to get that shit. <laughs> the complexion of these people is black, not much different from those of Ethiopians. Their hair is black and thick and not very long. It was worn tight back with a, um, to the head to form a little tail. But this is Giovanni's Verrazano description of the people along the east coast of America in the 1500s. This is the same thing that you see now that Snoop Doggy Dog, old dude from um, you can get that money, man. You know, from the group. Huh? Yeah, Doug's Bone and Harmony. There you go. Exactly. So right there, the general appearance of the North American Indians has been given in few words. The resemblance of those of different tribes, with the exception of those that have reference, being found as close as between different nations are close, uh, either of the great families in which that the human race has been arbitrarily divided. See, we've arbitrarily divided the families. But come down. The most distinguished particularities of the race are those of the reddish or copper colored of the skin, the the um. The prominence of the cheekbones and the color and quality of the hair. This is not absolutely straight. Check this out. Now he said, this is not absolutely straight. So the hair is not absolutely straight, but it's somewhat wavy. Why? Why? Busy bone of money Mike. Exactly. Busy bone. All right, there we go. Exactly. Exactly. Jim Brown. Exactly. All of them. Exactly. So this is what they was right. They use. The straighten comb, as they was called, the heating stick. All of this is what we already, we was doing this hundreds of years ago, y'all. This ain't nothing new. Madam C.J. Walker took that shit that she seen that was used by the crows, and she damn flipped that shit in the so-called black community and became a millionaire. She was already using it. It was already in her DNA to use it. Some people get mad at her. When she shit, she thought about the damn straightening comb. But it was not absolutely straight, but somewhat wavy. 
and has not inaptly been compared to the mane of the horse. Uh-oh, reason why now, sisters, shit, as they say, use horse hair. <laughs> All right? For the weaves. It's unbelievable. All right, here's another example of this not straight but curly or wavy texture. There it is again. Peace and blessings to this guard because um, he passed physical form some years ago here. But here, ancient Negroes artifacts from Burrow Cave in Illinois, USA, from the, from the collection of the Empress of the Washington. The Empress have these um, particular... Um, had this particular collection from the Burroughs Caves in Illinois. And as you see, it is of us that was in these caves, all right? At least what was found in which that was put in the caves. And as you see, you see the boat right here. We brought ourselves over here. You see the boat right here that they shown and depicting, and the hieroglyph is right above it. And you see us with the coarse hair, all right? Here is a pick of the Omex, all right? Afro with the widow's peak, nowhere around it. 5,000 years ago was right here, all right? 5,000 years ago. Here is another Omex head in which they was analyzing, in which that dated back, and but this one has plaques or locks, braids. Here's another one. Omek Mayan. This one is sitting in a meditation posture, but has locks. Another one, ancient Panamanian king from the hidden book. As you see here, melanated, love rocking that gold, but also had locks. All right? Unlike the other Indian tribes of the West, the Mandan, instead of presenting a perfectly uniformity in complexion and in the color of the eyes and hair, exhibit a great diversity in these respects, as will be noticed in the mixed population of the Europeans, the hair was for the most part very fine and soft, but in a number of instances, a strange anomaly was observable, both in old and young and in every either sex, a profusion of coarse locks of a bright silvery gray approaching sometimes to white. That's talking about the hair, not the complexion. So we show you that right here. This is what they're talking about. Let's get it right. That's what I'm talking about. We clean up all misconceptions. Why they never show you the back of the Omex heads? Because some of them have cornrow braids. This is why. Back of the Omex heads. Here it is. This is how you know that it's you. No doubt about it. We still rocking the braids today. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Mother and civilization of the Americas. This is what the Albion or the Mexican told us, actually um, told us. Um, the Castile Mexican um, told us when we went to Mexico in 2007, my wife asked him a question about the Omex. He said, well, they're the mother of civilization, but we don't know too much about them. Next question. That was how quickly he got past that shit. But 
Four years later, when we went back, we had to tell the damn truth. Well, actually, five years, because it was 2007. Six years, actually, because it was in 2013. March of 2013, we went back to Mexico. So six years later, we went back on a cruise. We went to Tulum, all right, to the pyramid sites. When we first went, we went to Chesanisa, Tulum, Cabal, all right? So the first branch of the Omec was the Washita, the Kushi or Kushite people from Ethiopia and Nubia was Washita as well, which is why they both have she in their names because they are the she or ish or she people from the Imperial Xi'an dynasty, which is the same dynasty in China, all right, in which that form the pyramids there in the Chinese providence of Xi'an. And anytime you see the word Xi or Xi in a word, it is from the origin of the Omec people. In the Chinese culture, you have the word like Shidoshi or teacher, Mishibishi, Xi'an, and so on, which came by way of the Omecs. The Mayans used the term like Ishbaba, or Ishbolaba, Ishi, or Xi, the sun deity and so on, which again came by way of the Omecs and the word she or she has to do with honor, respect, divine woman, and those who are feared. Right? This is where we get Xi'an, which is actually from the word Shang. Shang as in Shango. Right? Shang was the first dynasty of, of China, the Shang dynasty, which comes from Shango. We find out that the word Chinese or China itself is a Yoruba. All right? Is a Nigerian word, which means protect Chinese mean protected. So we know that they all right, that the um that the Yoruba people had a deity by the name of Shango. And so the Shang dynasty was those who came from out of Africa. And they worship Shango. They were the followers of Shango. Okay? John Baptiste, Leonardo Dereno, A Voyage to Senegal, Atlas of the Region, page, all right? This was in 1802. The page, I can't see the page too well. I think it's 85. But this is what he says. He says, I shall add another reflection of public utility. The black of a kind of, check this out, the blacks are a kind of men destined by nature to inhabit Africa and America. She has created for them burning regions. Let us therefore take care not to oppose her views and overthrow the barriers which she has established, but let us preserve their races in their natural purity and not permit the Negroes to inhabit Europe. This mixture of black and white is dangerous to our population, and in time it will change, corrupt, and even destroy it. Well, sorry to say, they wouldn't survive nature without the mixing in anyway. Because the sun does not like pale skin, and which will cause carcinoma and melanoma, and is now is making the European infertile, the Albion infertile, even here in America, in over 26 states, where now their death rate is higher than their birth rate. So they're not repopulating in 26 states. 
And this is happening throughout the world. So hence, this is why they came out with trying to depopulate the darker-skinned people off the face of the planet, preferably by war, famine, drugs, attack on these, um, by diseases, such as so-called AIDS, which is a manufactured term of more than 20 different diseases. All right? And I won't get into um, everything, but we know that the disappearing act of the, uh, or the end of the so-called pale race. Hell, this is a new article, but we even knew about this back in 1994. All right? Even in New York Times news service in um, 1994, it was April the 16th, 1994. It says, in a few years, there will only be one person of working age in this country for every two retirees. In 1994, Italy became the first country in the world who, with more over the age of 65-year-old people than young people under the age of 15, right? And so this article goes on to say that the um, ISTAT research organization said earlier this year that the number of Italians, currently 57 million, actually um, um, sunk um, by... 5,265 in 1993 with the average birth at statistical at 1.21%, lower in the, the lowest in the world. So Italy's fertility is much less though required for replacement of the dead, said um, Joseph Greenlad of the United Nations Population Division. Now this is, this is, this is something in which that they were talking about in 1994. Matter of fact, my teacher, um, Dr. Knuckles, in 1989, told my, my people, the people at our college, Feather State University, and our people in our class, and there was Europeans in the class, and he said by 20, 40, 2025 to 2045, there would be no Europeans on the planet. And he said that in regard to the fact of their birth rate and that they was not repopulating. And this is back in 1989. So this is something in which they've been knowing. So hence we find later on, years later, the chemtrails, um, which became known as the vast um, vaccination. But what we really do know is that we're talking about the Pentagon germ man, all right, um, the analysis of ethnic biological warfare. That's really what we're talking about here. And by knowing the weaknesses of the so-called races, you can manufacture um, biological weapons in order to produce genocides and kill people off. All right? This is what we're talking about, ethnic weapons. And you don't believe me, you can get the book by um, Carl A. Lawson. All right? Also, the United, um, the United States Army Journal all right, published an article entitled Ethnic Weapons, all right? And this was, um, and this shit, this was in 19, this November 1970, right? And this is Carl A. Lawson, head of the Department of Genetics at the University of Law, Sweden. So this, this is what they've been doing, all right? But it's in the DNA. So you have an Omex statue here with the Mohawk, and you also have the Native American, indigenous tribe called the Mohawk, 
You have Mr. T here. You even have Puffy Cones. And even now, to this day, you have little boys running around with the Mohawk and some girls with the Mohawk, right? You had the, the Monacan Indians from Virginia with the serious locks, which look just like the Mayans. Yes, the Mayans, who was, who was the descendants of the Omex, had locks. Nappy-headed classical Mayan historians do not want you to talk about Ish, right? Or she, she Mayan woman, the Omec woman, right? Here's a Omec Mayan. Look at the hair, locks. Look at the drawing here, paint, um, drawing of the so-called natives, locks, hanging down to the ham. See, this is what they talking about. Remember, we read where the locks hangs down to the he- to the hams. All right? This is why the profusion, what'd you say? That's why they wear weaves to want long hair. But right here it says, one distinguishing particularity of the Indians is that the extraordinary length of their hair, which is cherished and cultivated as an ornament until it sweeps the ground after them. You see? Here it is. Look at the sister's locks. Almost touching the ground, the brothers is to his hams, as they as they showed you within the paintings, and talk about, right? This profusion is to be seen in no tribe except the crows, although some of their neighbors in, endeavors to imitate it by gluing an additional length to their natural hair. Oh, so you see, the weave shit, unbelievable. We've been doing this, the unbelievable thing for a long time. We've been doing it a long time. This is vintage Omec Mayan warrior art pottery. And look at the sister. Well, look at the brother here. Look at the sister. Same type of wrap around the head with the lock sticking out at the end. Nothing has changed. Everything still remains the same. All right, baby Jack, Cree Indian, once again, got them locks. All right, we told you, the hair, all right, here it is, all primitive tribe known in America are dark copper colored with jet black hair. Many possess curls with extreme, every level of wave, wavy hair in between. The texture of the hair is generally fine, soft and silk, coarse or harsh. The hair of the men falls down to their hams. There it is. Falls down to the hams. Sometimes to the ground and dividing the plaits, slabs, two inches wide, filled with profusion of glue and earth, becomes very hard and, re- and remains unchanged from year to year. Chief Gal, Hunk Papa, Sue, Lakota, 1878. Native American chief, pound maker, Crete before 1886. He got the locks too, as you see here. Okay, this is sister um, Erica um, Coleman, Rappahakan, um, um, Rappahan, um, Hanak. All right, African American, they call her, but assistant professor at the University of Delaware Black Studies. What we used to wear, as you see, she's wearing a native. Um, 
traditional wear? This is what we use to make. This is out of leather, beads, precious stones, feathers. And these beads be so small and it's so intricate. All right? We've seen um, um, the Kajunki, um natives of the Caribbean in, in the Bahamas. They do the exact same thing as the Biloxi Moors or the Biloxi Washington, um Choctaw from out of Louisiana when they make their outfits annually. All right? Same tradition, same style, using leather, using beads, precious gems, stones, metals, etc. The turban was a style of headdress favored by many of the Southeast Indian tribes who was located in the state of Florida, Texas, Louisiana. This is why we wore the turban, y'all. Not because we seen, all right? Just because, you know, some say, well, we seen the, uh, I don't know, how you think the Turks got their feathers all the way over here? You know, um, you know, this is what you would believe listening to some of these um non-studied um, idiots that keep talking this nonsense. Well, I'm getting ready to show you some shit that you didn't know. So here we have that the turban was a style of dress that we wore here, southeast, in the, in the south, all right? Tunchi, all right? A, so, yeah, I know you're thinking of Tunchi as uh, Little Wayne and shit, but nah, this is the real Tunchi right here, 1790, 1843, a Cherokee war chief. And a Nuea, Telegi, Telegi, war chief. All right? Yeah. And so this is Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Arkansas, and Oklahoma, goddammit. We wore the turban. The turban didn't wear us. <laughs> The Seminole Fez. This is a picture below. It was worn in Florida, Alabama, and Georgia by the very dark nations of the people. We had the we had the feathers in the Fez cap. Here it is. Seminoles wore a Fez. Seminoles of the native Aborigines wore also wore turbans. Much of the history that we was taught is erroneous. We must re-educate ourselves knowing that the people who were responsible for 500 years old oppression will probably not give you a good knowledge of your own history. So I got to come and do it. We got to put the pieces of the puzzle together because you've been miseducated. You've been run amok, led astray, hoodwink. As Malcolm said, the Osage chief wearing his feds. All right, and we only saying the word fez because this is where and what you've been used to it being called. We can say hat or bush. Native Americans practice some form of ancient craft as evidenced by the extent um, by the extensive pyramid building in the Americas. The fezes, turbans, and aprons were worn. Matter of fact, they said that more than 80% of the indigenous Masonic orders that was among the Native Americans was identical to the Europeans. 
right? His assistant, Andy New Will, all right? All right? Shani La means pretty flower. She was here. And the Wii pretty flower. Historically, um, she was Iroquois and Wabanaki, Biggie to work. This is what you see on her. Awiyu, which means pretty flower, aka Golden. This, this is the name now. She became Goldie Jamison Corkland, a Seneca woman from the Allegheny Reservation. This is a sister, if you can't see that. Another sister in indigenous wear. Another sister in indigenous wear. See, I'm showing you those from the powwows, the real powwows, and how these sisters and brothers looked. They was like us. They looked like our members of our families right now. No different. All right? Look at these beautiful garbs here. Beautiful. You got to get back to this. And notice, I don't know if you can see it, but on this one here, around the neck, actually has a figure of a native in which that is dark brown, black skinned, as you see there around the neck of the, this is the work, artwork in which that was done with the beaded work around it. All right. The moccasin boots and the moccasins, beautiful work. All right. Look at this. This is beautiful. These are the garbs that we wore and that you would see at powwows, or that you would see us in at these powwows. All right. Sometimes if they will put their totems of the tribe onto their garb to distinguish the clan in which they, they come with, whether it was the turtle clan, bear clan, the crow clan, et cetera, et cetera. You have to know which animals are your totems and which that you can utilize on your clan garb. All right, we know you have Nucleus family, you have the extended family, which is a clan. Then from that, you have your tribe. And then from the tribe, you have your nations. And then when various nations come together, they form an empire. All right? This is how this goes. Just showing you some of the wear so that you can come accustomed to understanding is that we was on um, of what we wore here. In the Americas, all right? We know what we oftentimes, we've seen the movie Black Panther, so we've seen what we've worn in Africa as part of our traditions. But now you need to see what you've worn here as the primary tradition, okay? This is the key. The Sioux beaded buffalo hide moccasins, 1900s, is from 1900. 
1880 Southern Cheyenne High Top Women Moccasins. It's from the 1880s. How that looks. The Central Plain Beaded High Top Women's Moccasins Arapaho. Right? The last quarter of the 19th century. The ancient natives, so different in language and customs, yet went all apparel after the same fashion, the men covered themselves with a shirt which came down to their knees and over that a for some were war, some plain, some diverse color caps with two, three, or no feathers according to the custom of the place. So as you see here, we show a a turban, as you see, we wore turbans and we wore cotton linen cloaks down to below our knees, and the women wore wooden, a woolen cloak or coats, all right. And sometimes during the summer times, we went damn near by naked. All right, we wasn't ashamed. This is actually from a map and. Look at the um, head. As you see here to the left, what looks like the Liberty Cap. This is where um, the Liberty Cap comes from. This also to the right looks like the same um, type of um, cap in which that they used to show you on Jughead um, on the um, little cart, cartoon back in the days. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but they showed you that little um, hat. They always showed the European I'll be on wearing it, but look at this. This is actually from the 1600s. This map, all right? So this map is showing you, and this is where the signs of the Liberty Cap come from. Actually, it comes from um, the psilocybin um, plant, or better yet, the mushroom, all right? This is where it comes from, all right? That's where that comes from, that Liberty The same Liberty Cap that they show you on many of the state seals. That's the Liberty Cap, and it's red. Oftentimes, it is red, all right? This is why um, we rock that red fez, you know what I'm saying, symbolic to that. Here you also have the bonnet, which is basically what they call a kufi or skull cap, but um, the bonnet is talked about in Exodus 28.40. This is why you see some of the Hebrew Israelites wearing the bonnet or the kufi, as well as Muslims wearing the kufi right here. But that is aboriginal, all right? That's aboriginal. You also see us wearing the do-rag. The do-rag isn't nothing new. They sell it in the store for a dollar now, and every 10 years or so, we go back to the do-rags, all right? Every 10 years, you see a resurgence of the do-rag over and over again. Every 10 years, it lasts for about three, four years, and then it dies out for about another um, seven Years or so, then it comes back and make a full reoccurrence. Re, um, Why? Because the Northeast Native Americans, one of the headdress was a do-rag. Okay. Here we have the um, kufi once again, a skull cap in which that was worn by um, the women also. Don't get it twisted. Men wore it. Women wore it. Right? These are the fezzes. Or what we call fezzes and kufis, 
like many Moors and Aboriginals and Indigenous people in North America too now, right? We wore this, right? So they was called basket hats. This is what the Kufis was called, basket hats. It was crafted by and, and, and worn by um, American women and men during the 1800s. Originally, they was made with natural dry grass, straw, and they adorned with hand-painted designs, right? Here you have the bees on the tassels. That's a Bob tradition that was brought forth through the cellular memory of the aboriginals of America, all right? And you have right now, um, they show you these particular feathers, the same bees that was on the feathers that, um, or what we call the grass basket hats, all right? 1800s, here's the empress. Grandmother Delphi Kiln Washington. She lived to be 117 years old, hence the return of the ancient ones. She wore the same type of grass hat, which is in the same shape as that of a fez. And as you've seen, the tassel was made of beads, but there was a tassel. Just like the bees in which that oftentimes is worn on the hair of our sisters as they're coming up. Just like you've seen back in the days when you've seen Venus and her sister wearing them bees in their hair. I got old pictures of my wife wearing the bees in her hair. The little girls wear bees in their hair. This is something ancient. Here it is. This is how the fairs looked. And as you see, we also had the Kari shell on it. These grass basket hats that we now call fezzes. Men and women wore these. There was no distinction. They weren't just all red. They weren't just all maroon. They were not just all black, all green all orange or whatever colors in which that you might have. These here was multiple colors. And we got to get back to these feathers. Women can wear feathers as you, as I just finished showing you right here. That's plain as day. It's part of the Native American headdress. The plain, the Blackfoot, Crow, Pawnee, the Caribbean, the Arawak, Tayano, Carib, the Northwest, Nice Pierce. The Nice Pierce, all right, in particular, wore these particular grass basket hats. The Washington wore these grass hats. Here is a Pendleton Indian robe, as it is called, pure fleece wool. And she has on her grass basket hat, 1909, Chicknock. Child near the now flooded Chilito um, Falls, Columbian River, Wishram Village. Look at the little girl, little sister here. She wearing her grass basket hat. 
All right, here go another sister. They call her Susan, but her name is um, Kalops Umatilla. All right? And what does she got on? Got on her native dress with that grass basket hat. Oh, Miss Thompson. She's niece Pierce, 1913. What she got on? Her native dress, and she's at the TP, and she got on her grass basket hat. Uh-oh, here go the Empress. And I told you her grandmother, this is Washita. Choctaw. All right. Rocking that grass basket hat. Uh-oh. The Moors. Oh, the Omex. As you see here, there's a tassel hanging from the hat of the Moor. This is San Lorenzo. This is Jalapa Museum of Anthropology. And you see the same type of fez here. The Africans wearing that same type of fez without the tassel. But here you have the tassel hanging from the same type of hat in which that is being worn by the Omec. So when they say that the fez was not, didn't have a tassel on it, then why am I looking at the Omex in which that this dates back 5,000 years ago of the Omec, one of the 22 Gigantic heads that was found in Tabasco, La Venta area of the Yucatan Peninsula near the Mexican Gulf. Why am I seeing a, a tassel hanging from his hat? If we didn't wear the hat with the tassel, stop the bullshit. This is the problem. People ain't doing the goddamn study. The image of the four Arakara scouts was taken at Fort Abraham. Bloody knife is featured in this image of the far right wearing a shaved horn headdress with eagle feathers trailer, a symbol of his chieftainship in the peacekeeping society of the Arakara. All right. And you also see the one to the right is wearing the war bonnet. All right. But the war bonnet did not originate with the Plain Indians. It was copied from the Olmec Mayans. The Mayan war bonnet, as you see here, from off the wall. All right? So this is what was said by Captain John Smith, Jamestown, Virginia, Colony 1608, two days after Powhatan, having disguised himself in the most fearful um, manner he could cause Captain Smith to be brought forth to a great house in the woods and thereupon a mat by the fire to his left alone. Now, long after from behind the mat they divided the house was made the most doofulous sound he could have heard. He ever heard. Then Powhatan, more like a black devil than a man with some 200 more as black as himself. So the devil was black, goddammit. Even in the dictionary, if you look up black, you will see the word devil. This is why we don't want to use the word black because it relates back to the devil, at least to the Albion, because we terrorized his ass. This is where you get blackmail from. 
Because we terrorize them. Give us your goddamn money. There's a goddamn sticker. Give it here. All right? We terrorized them on the open seas. We was the pirates that he feared. He had to give us tribute to damn the damn sell the seven so-called seas. Even though we noted over 32 of them, 32 seas, this damn main seven that he did travel on, he had to pay us tribute. This is found in the book Ancient and Modern Britain by David McRitchie. Go and get the book. Right? So this is the end of tonight's class, and I showed you the science of what was really taking place here. All right? Um, that was just a little bit to show you that we already was rocking our indigenous gear, all right, prior to the Albion mass incarceration, if that's what you want to say, of the so-called indigenous aborigine, Moors, so-called black people, in his, in, at least in his so-called pale white supremacist mindset. His, and the only reason why we say supremacist is because he have a supremacy or superiority, a supremacist or, or superiority uh, uh, complex. Superiority complex. He has a superiority complex that Albion does. He thinks that this is the master and slave relationship here, as if we're supposed to remain the slaves. You got your goddamn minds. And only a fucking psychopath and sociopath would think like that, as if you would have to Make another group of people your goddamn consumers and slave base for eternity. That shit ain't happening. Nature is showing you that that's not happening. We showing you by the resurrection of this knowledge that that shit ain't happening. It ain't happening. Them days are over. The nail is in the coffin. All right? So... Um, we want to thank everybody that got a chance to tune in tonight. We love everybody. We appreciate y'all sticking with us as we got through this presentation. Love you too, God. Appreciate you. And um, yo, we're going to head out. Um, we want to say before we go, as always, this is our motto, our signature. We continuing now for days, weeks, months, and years to come. We're moving towards our most cherished goals of health, wealth, knowledge of ourself, protection, security, all positive things, full contentment, and better economic conditions. Every action, enterprise, and endeavor in which that we wish to be involved is bringing increasing rewards, positive rewards, good and abundant successful rewards. We have so much success and abundance that we're able to help and share and give to those who are sincere along the way, and we are moving closer towards the oneness of God and God is in the full release of our higher inner selves. Ashe. Amen. Amen, Ra. We out, y'all. Peace. Hey, I tell you, Washington, age, family. We out. Peace.